0: and Welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Welcome back. Just wanted to say, you know, we decided last week to take a little mental health week. Just kind of regroup and think about things we want to talk about and just take some time for ourselves. So sorry about the week off, but we're always talking here about self-help and that's part of it. You know, I had said at the end of the last episode that we were going to start talking about parenting. But as Christy and I were talking even earlier this morning was that we've had some really kind of more serious stuff the first nine episodes. So we decided we were going to throw in a little something different, just a little more fun. Take a little detour. Yeah. You know, which is great because, you know, it also teaches us in life that we can change our mind. We can do what we want to do. So once again, and we appreciate you, you know, everybody who's on this journey with us and sharing in this experience. and. Once again, we talked about it being pretty organic, and just we just go with whatever. So we will start the parenting, but we're going to do that more next week. So we wanted to, like I said, just take a little bit of a detour, as Christy calls it. And so today, we're actually going to talk about UFOs. Now, I'm sure that, you know, you'd have to be under a rock or something to not see a lot of the new stuff coming out on UFOs. You know, the government's released their stuff. and
1: Yeah, there's been a lot more talk about it seems like a lot of people are seeing things they can't explain. Yeah. And I know they wanted to change it to
0: from UFO to some other acronym, but at the end of the day, it still means it's something we don't know what it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Call it what you like.
0: Exactly. You know, at the beginning of this, I told you I'm from a place called the San Luis Valley in uh, Colorado, and there's been a few UFO sightings down there. That's also where the cattle mutilations were and stuff like that. And a lot of people say that that somehow is tied into UFOs. I don't know. But it's just kind of fascinating to kind of explore that. For you, Christy, too, you kind of ended up back in the Samos Valley, you know, but prior to being with me, you had already been traveling back there.
1: Yeah, I decided I wanted to go to college down there. So I had made some trips down there and I had some things that I could that I saw in the sky that I couldn't explain. So... So what was that like for you? Was that? Well, it was scary because I was driving by myself (laughs) in an area I wasn't really familiar with, you know, out in the country. And it was a really dark night. And I just started seeing these lights in the sky, red ones and some green ones. And they would, it was almost like they were dancing or playing, like they would just dart from one side of the sky to the other. And come together and then separate. And it just was like watching a video game in the sky. It was really interesting. I have never seen anything quite like that since, before or since.
0: Yeah. And growing up, we would see the lights in the sky, you know, and we would talk about it. My parents would see them. They told us a story once of when one of the Transformers blew, so they didn't have any power in the the house. So, and it was getting night. So they decided to go sit out in the pickup and just kind of look at the night sky. And they said the same thing. They just saw these about seven lights come and they watched them for a long time. Just kind of like you said, looked like they were almost playing, you know, with each other and what that experience was like for them. So, and of course me growing up in the valley, we would see things like that in the sky and it was like, whoa, what is that? And it was, it was like, sometimes it almost felt like they were putting on an aerial show for you or something. So it had this really it has um kind of like
1: you said, it's kinda of neat
0: and can also be scary at the same time.
1: Yeah, I was really excited to be experiencing something like that because I, I never had and but it was scary at the same time. Like I said, I was by myself seeing this and I I mean, I guess there's a, a comfort level realizing that it's so far up in the sky. I don't know. <laughs> I think if it had come down, I might not have been so brave. But yeah, it creates sort of a Excited, but yet kind of scared feeling.
0: Yeah, and there's a road very close to where I I grew up, and a lot of people would talk about some family members. And believe it or not, fast forward to me being a clinician, uh, a therapist down there, I would have clients who would tell me about that road and about the. They called it a, a ball, either a red or orange ball that would just follow them, and but they didn't know what it was, so just very weird. And that's multiple, multiple people talking about this ball that would fall. And my sister, (laughs) we lived not far from my parents. And my sister was going to come over and see us because her house isn't too far either. And we see her coming in our driveway. And I kid you not, it almost looked like if she had come in any faster, she would be coming in on two wheels. It's a dirt road, just so you know. So rocks are flying. (laughs) And she parks and jumps out and runs in the house and and she had two uh, little kids with her, two of our uh, nieces or nephews, and they just come flying in and they're all freaking out. And she was telling us about this light, following them. And, and, you know, the kids telling her, go faster, go faster. And, you know, she's on a dirt road. You can only go so fast on a dirt road. You know, but just even seeing her and and, and then when they were talking about it, you could see that adrenaline. You could see that, you could almost hear the the fear too. You know what I mean? Because it, I agree with you. It can be exciting and scary at the same time. Yeah. Then, you know, we lived in a house, you know, out in the country where Christy and I are talking one night and we're sitting in in, in the bedroom. So my back is to the window and she's facing me. And I don't know, it's probably what, 1130, something like that. Just up having a good old conversation. And I look at Christy and her body language completely changes completely, completely changes. And you kind of tell them what you were experiencing at that moment.
1: I looked up at the top corner of the window and there were these five blue lights that were headed toward the house. They were really big. And I had never seen anything like that. And I just stopped my speech, whatever we were talking about. I just told her, What is that? But even
0: before she said that, the look on her face, I asked her, I said, Is there something behind me? And that's when she said, What is that? And so we both turn around and we're looking
1: and there were five of them. Three came forward and two dropped back. The three that came forward, one in particular, came closer than the other two. And there was a tree right outside that window. It's not a really big tree, but this object, whatever it was, came down right directly over the tree next to the house, and it was just massive. And the entire surface of all of these objects lit up an almost white blue-white light. It was a a very weirdest white. Very pale blue light, the entire surface. Not just lights on it, but the entire surface. And it was just hovering there over the tree and there was absolutely no noise.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like we were, you know, we're there being as quiet as we can to see, you know, do we hear anything and nothing. It's silent. And you would think something that big would have to make noise. And when I'm talking big, I'm talking that it was much, much bigger than our the house that we were in. It took up a lot of space. And as it moved forward and, you know, the other, the two in the back, they took, I mean, and they were just, that was so weird. They were just gone.
1: They could have been hanging back somewhere, but I was so focused on the three that I couldn't tell you what happened to those other two. I can. They took off because I thought, oh my
0: God, there's going to be five of them.
1: So the three that came forward that I, my focus went all to the one that was directly above the house and it was so close and both of us got really scared. So We went to the other room immediately because somehow we thought that was going to be safer. (laughs) Well, it wasn't directly outside of that window. So we went in there and didn't have the lights on. And Sharon started saying about how dark it was. Well, what confused
0: me is that the moon, there was a window. So there would be the moon, but then all of a sudden it was so dark. And I, I almost went into this place of panic. And I was there, oh my God, it's too dark in here. And Christy's response to me was, Don't say that.
1: For some reason, I (laughs) did not want her to, to say about it being really dark. And I can't even tell you why, but I just, I just kept saying, don't say that.
0: And I don't even know why I had such a panic about it. And I was like, Oh my God, it's too dark in here. It's too dark in here. And you close your eyes. Uh, No, you don't understand the darkness was, and I guess it was freaking me out because I didn't know where the light went. If that makes sense. <laughs>
1: well, especially since this object was on that same side of the house. And even though there was a window in that room, we still, we could not see the light from that. And because that was so big and right there, it seems like you would have. But for some reason, it was super dark in that room. So she kept repeating that. And then all of a sudden, the room filled with that blue-white light that the was the same color as the object And it just filled the room and both of us bolted. (laughs) So we hid out in In the bathroom bathroom. for half the night. I don't know why we thought that that was going to help, but (laughs) yeah, we couldn't see it in there. So yeah, we eventually came out and it was dark. It was gone. But, and even though it was such a scary, exciting, but scary experience there's a part of me sometimes that wishes I could go back to that moment, expand it out, not be so f- afraid. I wish I had taken a picture or done something. And we often talk about that to people. Why did you take a picture?
0: And I don't think until you have that experience, I don't think you realize how fast it happens and that your adrenaline goes. And you also, and this is the thing, when Christy gets afraid, she freezes.
1: Yeah. So when I first saw the objects, I froze first, then I reacted. So that was her. She was seeing me in that frozen moment with that look of horror or terror. But yeah, I freeze first and then move into action.
0: So for us, when we talk about that, you know, it's that that was such a close experience, the closest I've ever had in my life, that just close and you want to be able to explain it, but you can't because I mean, I don't know anything that we have here on Earth that has that magnet that it was big <laughs> and the coloring of it and just that silence is to me that really weird piece of it, that, that silence.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we've had some other experiences where we've seen unusual lights in the sky or that, but I guess because that was so close and it felt like there was a response That when you were kept saying about the dark and then it filling the room with the light, I that was very intimidating. (laughs) I learned my
0: lesson. I will just close my eyes (laughs) because, because once again, it was almost like it was a response to my anxiety over the darkness or something. So it just really was, it was such a surreal experience. But at the same time, I'm like, Christy, I, I think to myself, if I could just go back and, And be calm, how would that change that experience? Because how could we see more detail of stuff? Could we have stayed in that room longer and watched it to see what it would have done?
1: Or where it went, how it disappeared or, you know.
0: Yeah. So just those kind of things. And so for us, do we know what it was? No. Was it an unidentified flying object? For us, it was. Yes. So, for it, very, very real in that aspect, and and we can't explain it away because we don't know what it was, but we know it didn't didn't look like anything we've ever seen on Earth, and so I'm really glad I had that experience with you. Yeah,
1: I am too. I um, mean, because like I said, there'll be times where I wish I could go back to that moment or I could have that experience again because I want to be able to not be afraid, not just be. <laughs> terrified and and react in fear. I don't know that I would be able to do that, but I would like to think that I would handle it different this time. But the interesting thing too is that, so in the San Luis Valley, there is a spot there called the UFO Watchtower. It's an interesting little place to visit. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been there, you should really check it out. It's just on the side of the road, there's a dome-shaped building and the lady that owns it has a little store inside and she has collected a lot a lot of stories from people who have traveled through, stopped in and shared their experiences with her. and some of them have brought pictures and so she has a whole picture album that she has collected pictures from different people that have come through. and one of the pictures there, we were really surprised because it looked exactly like the object that we saw that night. Um, the entire surface was lit up blue. It was the same shape. And I didn't say about that before, but it's sort of, um, an oval shape. Yeah. And that's what this was. And it was a really good clear picture. I mean, it looked like it was pretty close. It made me wonder if they had took it the night that we saw that. Yeah. But that was really interesting to see. And like I said, that, that's a really interesting spot. We've taken a few friends there. And if nothing else, it is a great place to view the stars.
0: Absolutely beautiful because there's not pollution, it's out in the open. And we'd recommend, if nothing else, if you're somebody who loves stargazing, it has a platform you can go up to and you can just UFO watch or stargaze. But it is absolutely beautiful. And so, for us, you know, we had that experience and it was really interesting and fascinating. And once again, something that I'm really glad that we could share together because it's one of those things that, you know, when you go to talk to somebody and if it's just you alone, I don't know if how people would look at you or whatever. And like I said, we don't know what it was. We just know the experience we had. You know, I we tell people you take whatever you take from it. Then the last experience we had was actually this year. We were in Lake Havasu with a friend with Kathy, and we're sitting out in the hot tub, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful night, clear, beautiful night. And we're just out there and we're just enjoying this time and So I'm sitting on one side and I'm facing Christy. So I'm looking towards, it would be the West, I believe. And so Kathy is, I guess, would be more towards the South on it. So we're just talking away and just having conversation out there. And like I said, it was a beautiful, clear night. And all of a sudden I look up and I go, oh my God, do you guys see that too? (laughs) Because, you know, you always think at first, maybe you're seeing, I don't know, because it just appeared. What this was, was this big Thing too, no sound.
1: Yeah, this one had a more triangular shape, more slim though, sort of like I believe Kathy described it as like a slice of pizza, Pizza. which was a really good way of describing the shape. It had a total of seven lights. The seventh light made the point, and then three coming down each side. But what was interesting is even though there wasn't a cloud in the sky, along with this object, a mist was Traveled with it. It, it traveled with it. It was really unusual. And it just appeared and shot across the sky really fast and disappeared. Then it was
0: gone. And literally just disappeared like it never existed. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm blown away by this. Internally in my head, I go, Oh my God, that would be so cool if we could see that again. Because Kathy's not seeing that. And I go, Oh my God, there's another one. And it once again, it's like somebody opens a door in the sky. And this giant thing is there. And once again, here comes this mist with it. It looked exactly
1: the same and traveling in the same direction.
0: And then just disappears. Yeah. And once again, no sound. And it was pretty low. Yeah. It was pretty low. But that thing of no sound and the speed at which it travels. And once again, I am literally looking at the sky and it's like, I said this door opens, and then here's this massive thing flying out. But the weird thing is, is once again the sky was so clear and beautiful, and that mist was only with that. And once that whatever that was was gone, the sky was clear again.
1: Mm-hmm. It stayed clear. You just mm-hmm. you literally could see the mist traveling with the object.
0: Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting. Like we said that in the last few months, you know, you're seeing more and more and more information released around UFOs, you know, from the government and and now you're seeing it on our news feeds, you know, whereas I think before you would have to really go search for that kind of stuff because it just wasn't talked about
1: or something. Well, I think a lot of people are afraid of, you know, how other people will view them if they say, you know, I've had this experience, you know, a lot of people look at you like, what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> it is Colorado after all. <laughs> So, but it's interesting now that more people are speaking up about it. And I think it's because, like you say, in our news and that they are talking about this more that they're not able to explain everything that we see.
0: And I think it also gives credibility to the fact that gives credibility to those people, I think, who historically have talked about this and then been told, oh, you know, you're kind of flaky or those kind of things. I think that those people can now feel a little bit of validation for it. I know, well, I don't think I needed validation because I know what we saw, we saw. I mean, you know, it was two of us on that one. And then the other time it was Kathy and so it was three of us. So it's not like it was us making this random stuff. And, you know, we never did look to see if there was other stuff happening at that time, but whether other people saw it or didn't see it, we all we can talk about is that experience that we had. And I thought, I'm grateful for those experiences, aren't you?
1: I am because, you know, even though I don't know what they mean, it was just, it's exciting, unusual. And there's that curiosity. You wish that you could explain it, but there's also something about the mystery of it. Another time we were traveling actually
0: once again to the San Luis Valley and we're on the highway. And it's night again, and we're following this car, and the car kept braking, and so we're braking with it. And then I, and you know, they're like, oh, well, maybe it's the elk, because we have a lot of elk running through there and deer. So here, Christy and I are, we're looking and looking, trying to see
1: these elk or deer. <laughs> I was driving, so I thought, well, I'm just going to go around him. And Sharon said, wait, because maybe it is an animal on the road or something like that. Maybe he's seen something, and he would break. To- he got to where that he would break almost to a stop so finally we look up <laughs> yeah we look up and to the right there is this light in the sky and it had come down you could see it really really good but by the time we saw it it was taking off again and i think that's what he was attending to
0: yeah and i mean when it took off i mean it was like just poof and it was gone and but you
1: could see it just i mean that was I'd never seen anything move that fast. Yeah. And again, no sound. But I don't know how long it had been there because we were so busy focused on the car and what he was doing. And looking for
0: the animals on the ground. We never thought to look up. Yeah. (laughs) And it must have been that that he was looking at because as soon as it took off, then he took off. One of the things we learned from that experience is sometimes when you're doing that and people are ahead of you, sometimes you have to look up too. But that was another kind of interesting experience that we had, you know, with those things that we don't see. And a lot of them are, I have found are around the San Luis Valley. Which,
1: and you know, I had watched a program that talked about the San Luis Valley and sightings and things there. So it's really interesting. They say that there's a good fair amount of reports there of sightings. The cool thing is, is
0: I tell people, if you are into that, you can actually put in, don't you just love uh, our internet today? You can just Google everything and, you know, you can Google uh UFO Samuel's Valley and bring up some stuff and UFO Watchtower. And like Christy said, she has some really interesting and fascinating things in there that you can kind of look and people sharing their memories and stuff. And we kind of shared our story with her as well. And, she writes down in documents, everything. So that was kind of a really neat experience because as we're talking to her, she was there like, oh, yeah, you know, I hear these things. So there's almost a little validation in that as well. And I don't know if people thought when she started this, that, wow, what a crazy lady.
1: (laughs) I think she actually even wrote a book, uh, The Crazy Lady Down the Road, something like that.
0: If you go, it's really interesting because people leave things there. So it's decorated with people will just leave license plate, you name it. it. It's a montage of different things that people leave there. And so there's people from all, I imagine, all over the world who have gone there and experienced this. And like we said, if it's something you're interested in and you can take a little day trip or whatever, the night sky there is just absolutely phenomenal.
1: And many people have heard of the National Sand Dunes Park. All of these locations that we're talking about are not far from that spot.
0: Yeah, so you could do a little sand, dune, you know, go to sand dunes, do a little bit of that, and then finish off in the evening at the UFO Watchtower, just in the San Luis Valley in general. There was a book written, The Mysterious Valley, that addresses some of the UFOs and the UFO sightings and all of that that took place.
1: That book is by Chris O'Brien, and he has a few books out. That first book, though, The Mysterious Valley, is a really interesting read.
0: Yeah, because once again, tying it, you know, what is, are UFOs tied into cattle mutilations? Because they would say that they would have the cattle mutilations, that there would be UFO sightings on those same nights.
1: Well, and it's my understanding that the first documented case of the mutilation was actually of a horse, and that it uh, was in snippy. the San, San Luis Valley. Yeah, Snippy the horse. So that's an interesting case to look into, too. Yeah, just a whole bunch of history,
0: you know, that I think is always really fascinating. We kind of do that. We kind of go to different places, look at the history. And, you know, because I think we've had these experiences, we're more apt to look at the sky now. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes, I think so, too. And not that all of these sightings happen in the San Luis Valley. We've just had multiple happen there. We did have a a sighting in Palisade. Colorado. We were out for a walk one evening. And that orangey red kind of light that people had described the ball that you mentioned earlier, that we saw something like that in the night sky there. And it was just hanging out. And then there were um, there was a helicopter, like a black helicopter that came flying toward it. And as soon as it came that direction, it was like it turned out like a light, I mean, just like somebody turned it off. Yeah, it was it, gone. It didn't take off or anything. It just was poof, and and the light was out. Yeah, that one had a different shape too. I always call it the marshmallow. Yeah, it kind of squashed <laughs> round, but yeah. squashed down. It, it was yeah. So
0: it was a it was a little bit different, which I thought was really fascinating. But that was another one. You know, we weren't alone on that one. So some others got to see that too. But it was so interesting to me that we heard we didn't we never heard it there was no sound from it. But then we heard when the helicopter, and then we watched the helicopter as it comes across the sky towards it. So I'm thinking, well, it has to see what we're seeing. And then like Christy said, it was like somebody just goes switch and it's gone. And then the helicopter just kind of turns around and goes back the way it came. So it was just really, it was really a bizarre thing. Yeah. And you know, I think that's what's interesting is I don't think that people sit there and It's not everybody sees the same thing or the same shapes. It seems to be like there's these multiple shapes of things.
1: And yeah, my mom just recently, she had taken a picture of something that she saw in the night sky and she's in Alabama and it was a triangular shape, whatever Mm -hmm. that was. So, yeah, you had the experience when you
0: were alone once again in the valley and you were running to my parents' house for something at night by herself
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was really strange because that was not in the sky. Whatever I was seeing, you have to understand in the San Luis Valley, you can see for a long ways that valley floor is flat. And so you're looking out across these fields and this is out in the country. There's no big lights like that. But as I was driving to their house... There was something out in one of the fields that I can only describe as it looked just like a Ferris wheel. So imagine something that size standing alone in a dark field. I mean, I could see this really good. It was red at the middle and had like white lights at the edge. And it just looked like a Ferris wheel standing out there. And that I could not figure out what that was. I went to the house, got the items that I was there to collect. And then when I left, as I was coming out of the house, it was gone. I kept looking for it again, and it wasn't there.
0: And you said the size of it was really big because you could see it really clearly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it was super far from me. Like I said, it looked the size of a Ferris wheel. I mean, I would have thought there was a carnival out there, but (laughs) there weren't any other lights. (laughs) And there
0: was no carnival at that time in the middle of the farmer's field. (laughs) No,
1: no. So that was really strange.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I think that there are these experiences. And I think that what I find fascinating, like I said, you know, as a therapist, when I have clients who come to me, and they feel like I'm that safe person that they can talk to about these experiences of seeing those things in the sky. And And I love it. Don't think I'm crazy is where they start. I don't want you to think I'm crazy. And, you know, and they're like, well, tell me what you experienced. And they'll talk about seeing those things, questioning, you know, is, did I really see what I saw? And I always tell them, you know, those are our experiences. And we don't always have to have answers for those things. We just have to know that we have that experience. And what do you do with that experience for us? I think it just made us a little more curious, don't you?
1: Well, absolutely. I feel like it's a big universe. And I think there are endless possibilities. And so why not? We don't know what we're seeing. And my mind is open. Well, I'm of that same mindset.
0: You know, we talk about that, you know, in this vast expanse of universe that we have, that we would think that we are the only life form out there. I just can't imagine that. Because we're, we know so little about space in that aspect. And what does it mean? You know, I mean, I think that it's interesting to me that they're doing more and more exploration on that about what could that possibly be? You know, is it, you know, I mean, there's just so many theories out there and, and they're all theories. And I get that. But at the same time, I think it's nice that there's actually people looking into this and trying to figure out, you know, what is it that we're experiencing? And also, And like you said, in this vast universe, how can we be the only life form? I mean, I think that to me, sometimes that almost feels arrogant Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that, oh, look at me, you know, we're humans and we kind of own the monopoly on a life form like or an intelligent life form, you know, in this whole entire universe. I just find that to be a fascinating thing. Yeah. This is what's really interesting, too, about the Seminus Valley is that there is a legend or a, a story of the Native American people there. And what they would do is every seven years, they would take a pilgrimage. They would do this walk, this pilgrimage to this sacred place with water. And the story was that through all these years, the government or we'll call it the government, somebody was trying to follow them and figure out what they were doing and all that. But every seven years, they would make this pilgrimage and they would say that they would go talk to the ant people.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was described like it was in the mountains somewhere and that it was a lake that they would go to.
0: Yeah. And so, like I said, every seven years they would make this pilgrimage there and they would go and speak to the ant people and the ant people would give them information. You know, they'd exchange knowledge, whatever it was. And then they would leave, and the next seven years. Well, at one point, apparently, they were followed. And so the ant it was kind of sad for the Native Americans down there because then the ant people wouldn't return after that. These are stories that have been around in the valley for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm.
1: And even at the museum down there in in Del Norte, Colorado, they have some glyphs that they've taken pictures of. And it looks like, you know, that they had drawn pictures on the rocks of what they described these ant people to be like.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so much history, too. So this isn't like a new phenomenon. And, you know, one of the things we're curious about is for our listeners, you know, and we'll post this to our Facebook, Two Girls in a Pod Facebook as well, If we would love to hear your stories of things that you've experienced along the UFO stuff. You know, what were those experiences like for you? What was the location? And, you know, even if you don't have a story, you know, maybe what is your take on this? Do you believe that we have UFOs or is there that possibility? You know, I mean, we're really excited to hear your guys' stories and what that experience was like for you. So, and like I said, we just wanted to do more of a an episode that was a little more just lighthearted, not so much about that mental health piece or well I'm though this kind of takes you a lot of mental places Mm -hmm. when when it's happening to you know you're kind of you're kind of moving all over the place because it's kind of a freaky thing but but not to be so
1: serious yeah to talk about those experiences I think it would be really interesting to get some feedback and I mean a lot of our experiences did happen in the San Luis Valley but where did your experiences happen that would be interesting to know and yeah and I
0: think that also to feel like and i know for me sometimes when i even have other people talking about their experiences it's just really nice because then it's like oh, okay you know i think there's more it it's expanding more and i think more and more people are talking about it i was really surprised at how many of our pilots are coming forward and and now talking about the things that they've experienced and you know how it's been for them to see these things in the sky and to now feel like they can talk about it. Yeah. And of course, a lot of people know the Fire in the Sky movie and stuff like that. And just saw him on an interview not that long ago, talking about that experience, you know, yeah, Travis
1: Walton. Yeah. Experience.
0: And I always tell Christy, I'm okay with seeing him. I don't think I would be, I'm not sure I would feel okay with uh, being taken up. And-
1: yeah. I'm not about that. I don't,
0: I don't think I want to engage on that level. And for some, I don't know, maybe some of you guys out there having, you know, feel like you have engaged in, on that level. And that would be really fascinating to hear, you know. And I don't know about the you listeners. If if you think about it, does it create a feeling in you? For me, the feeling of seeing them is one of excitement. You know, and they're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Now, when I think of the thought of actually being abducted, how they talk about being, then that does not create an excitement in me at all. (laughs) That's a whole different feeling. What would you call that? I would call
1: that scared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think once again, that's what it is. It's that thing of knowing your boundaries. (laughs) Some things we're okay with, some things we're not okay with. And, you know, hopefully, you know, after you listen to this episode, you know, and if you haven't had that experience, hopefully it kind of Gives you that thing where you say, you know what, maybe I'm going to start looking up into the night sky and see what I see. And but I always think that the night sky always offers us some really great stuff. Real quickly, my mom would get up in the middle of the night when she would go to the bathroom and she had a ritual. She'd get up and she'd look out her window. And she would be always looking towards the west because her the bedroom window faced the west. And she would go one two o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was. And she'd always look out. And she tells us one day that she looks out the window and there's like, she said it, it looked like a star at first, but it was too long. It was elongated. And she said, so she's watching it and she's trying to figure out, well, what on earth is that? She said, then it looked like it opened. And she said she saw something fly. One time she saw something fly out of it. And then because she did this every night, she, every night, it was her ritual to look out the window and look to the West. And she said, you know, she didn't see it every single night. And, but she said, and then the, uh, the next time she saw it, same thing open. And so one time it was something flying into it. And one time it was something flying out. And then she says, it kind of goes back. She says, but it's really weird because it looks like, it just looks like a star. But she said she knew it wasn't because She looked at the sky. She knew the sky. She, you know, my mother lived there for all many, many years. So she knew what the night sky looked like at all the different seasons and stuff. So that was really an interesting thing. And, you know, being able to see that and and experience that. And she would just say it was weird. She didn't know what it was. But she knew, you know, enough that, you know, it's not of, it's not normal for a night sky. You know, when she would talk about that looking like a sky. We would often be in our backyard uh, in Del and we'd, once again, sky watching is something that we really love to do, but we would see that sometimes like a a light in the sky that was kind of would get bright.
1: Yeah, it would be be there and then all of a sudden you might see movement and then it may travel to a completely different place in the sky and then become stationary again and just look like a, a star again.
0: Yeah, and you would kind of be there like, whoa, wait a minute. Did I just see that? Because it would be so weird, but it would travel really fast, like from point, it could go like from way in the west to south or whatever direction it would go, and then it would just park. Yeah. And I think that Chris O'Brien talks about that in his book about people reporting that, you know, that they would see
1: that. Yeah, that's exactly what they would describe sometimes.
0: And so that was kind of a really neat and interesting and fascinating thing that we would see you know, as far as that night sky stuff. But that to me was so far because and that you could just see that it was just really far, far, far away. So if that was a little bit less
1: intimidating or I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, I'm hoping that anytime I have an experience like that, that they're going to be able to hear me telepathically and know my limits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't
0: thought about that. But that's a, that's a good thing. Keep your distance. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll do a wave by as you go by, but not necessarily. We want to uh, experience that, and I agree. I think that's really something. And I'm I'm glad that we're on the same page. You know, we're both chicken when it comes to that, and we don't sit here and pretend to be brave or anything like that because trust me, we're not. <laughs> but once again, we just wanted to have this kind of lighter conversation this week and you know, next week we'll get more into the start of parenting and what does that look like and how do we do that effectively. And even if you're, if you are an effective parent, there's always room to grow. And that's what I say, you know, learning new stuff and and also remembering that doesn't matter if you have one child or 10 children, 11, each one is different. So sometimes it's those relationships and how we develop them that also impacts our parenting and like I said, we're really excited to start that next little s- series in our podcast and also getting feedback. And that's the other thing. Um, Christy will post the question on uh, our Facebook page and about your experience. And
1: yeah, we welcome your input. We want to hear the experiences that everybody's having. Yeah, we're really excited to read them and the other thing is, too,
0: is, you know, if, if you, you have a story out there that we find really interesting, we may uh, touch base on it a little bit at the start of our next episode so we can just kind of talk about what that is like for you guys. And if it's fascinating, one well, we want to share that as well, you know, do a little bit of follow up on it. So once again, we encourage you and we ask that you do some feedback with this. You know, we really enjoy hearing the feedback and knowing what your thoughts are, you know, on the different episodes and
1: yeah, share with us.
0: Yeah. And we really do appreciate and we have a lot of gratitude for everybody who listens and follows us. And we're very grateful for that. And we're excited if you continue to do that and be on this journey with us. And so until we uh, talk next time, we hope that you guys have a really great, amazing, wonderful week. And we will touch base again next week. Bye. Bye.